Blog Talk Radio. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. To have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same. It's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door, like, but what you, why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias, but they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Hello everyone, I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10 ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. 
Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Vagal Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized, and their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Hello, folks. We are here with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as sharing general health benefits, tips, uh, you know, stories around the barefoot lifestyle and support with helping um, navigate through the challenges that are barefooting. Um, our barefooting experiences are definitely a big integral part of our lives as barefooters. Um, this is something that we see coming up in all kinds of different relationships, whether it's professional, academic, personal, and that could be family or friends or acquaintances, um, even just going out into public. It's something that is such an integral part of our lives. And a lot of people that don't live and experience the barefoot you know, experience by being a barefooter, um, they don't really understand how deeply involved it is when it's in our lives and how much we need that and maybe even require that um, in order for stability and a sense of security, a sense of safety, a sense of sufficiency, a sense of identity, well-being, health, um, and so many different aspects of health, whether that be mental, physical, or spiritual. Um, and that can even be emotional as well. Um, and, you know, although we don't talk about this a lot, there are a lot of different cultures and different cultural identities in which barefooting is very crucial and important. And in some cultures, this is more religious and um, may show up in more religious contexts. Um, while other cultures, you know, it's a mix of just their way of life um, the time period, um, communion with nature um, in a physical sense, but also, again, with that spiritual sense of communing with nature. Um, and so, you know, understanding that, you know, there are spiritual and cultural heritage aspects to barefooting that are very important to many different people and many different cultures. Um, and there's so many different aspects about that, but that is also one of the protected rights um, that is also involved in barefooting is, you know, cultural or spiritual identity. And there are a lot of people that that is very crucial to them. Um, I find it very crucial for me um, in my own ways. Um, but I know so many different people that this shows up in so many different ways and presents itself so diversely. Um, and I think it's really important to understand that although we may be doing the same thing, you know, barefooting, um, it has an integral role, yes, in all facets of our lives in ways that other people may not understand, but also those facets of our lives are, can be so diversely different. You know, yes, we're all human and we all have those um, 
kind of core root similarities that make us human, but we're all so different. Our lives are so different. Our identities, um, culture, heritage, um, spiritual health, mental health, physical health, emotional health, the different experiences you've been in, the environments you've grown up in. Um, There's so many social, you know, aspects of that. And those things do influence the way that we are perceiving the world and how the world also perceives us. And that even affects like our experiences with barefooting and maybe our reasons why, but the type of attitudes we've received, um, the type of environments we've been in, the type of benefits we get out of it, the type of limitations we have with it. You know, there's all these diverse things that, you know, makes barefooting such a different thing for all the different people that do it. So that, you know, that sameness, that sense of connection. Um, And I think barefooting to me is a part of becoming more human, honestly, and um, just embodying that um, humanness more, you know, listening to your body, connecting with your body, connecting with nature, understanding its place and purpose in nature, understanding the purpose and the mechanics of your body and the way that it was designed. And I, and when you think about it that way, it doesn't sound po- kind of, I mean, maybe not to everyone, but it's kind of poetic, beautiful, spiritual almost, you know, and without having to get that sappy into it, you know, I'm just, there's mechanics in our body. When really think about it, that beauty of understanding the mechanics of our body and the way we were designed and the way we fit in nature and the way our body is meant to support itself there's something so beautiful in the equilibrium with nature about that, I think. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, you know, but, you know, I may have chronic health issues or blah, 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 blah. You know, I may have a disability, you know, and me saying blah, blah is not like trying to dismiss at all because I understand those things. I totally do. And it's so hard to feel human and to feel like enough. But one of the things that's been interesting for me is embracing humanness is, um, for me, has been embracing the weakness, understanding um, the limitations with disabilities, whether that be my autism, ADHD, my fibromyalgia, and the myriad of other things wrong with me that I'm not going to list off today, you know. So, you know, it, it's very, it can be very discouraging, you know, yeah, to experience these things, but that is a part of being human. And, if, and barefooting, to me, is a part of being human, and it's something that, Um, actually helps build up those other facets of of human weakness, you know, through um, disability and and especially the weaker parts of it while still strengthening me, you know. And, and yes, we may be more vulnerable to some people. Like, I think it's it's arguable because obviously there's certain places I'm not going to go barefoot in. Like, I'm not going to go in a chem lab. Not going to go on a construction site, but I'm also not going to wear just any shoes on a construction site. I'm going to be wearing your thickest steel-toed boots, and I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm. No, I, you know, there are certain limitations, of course, but I think what's interesting is the weakness of being barefoot and being human. Within that is something that gives me strength. My body is working in the natural mechanics that it needs to. And so I think it's kind of having this false sense of vulnerability. And I, I've, as I've been in my healing journey, understanding that there's so much power in being able to be vulnerable and that true gentleness takes power, true power. A lot of people who, are, who hurt others 
Um, especially when it's not, you know, in alignment with like retribution or like divine love, like, you know, cause sometimes justice gotta be served, you know, <laughs> like let's be real. <laughs> it just has to happen sometimes. But a lot of people, you know, are filled with just so much rage and anger and, and they throw it onto us. You know, even as barefooters, we kind of become this target in society. Um, and it's not just us. I mean, people look for anybody and, and so many different demographics that they can target and pinpoint and where it's easier for them to put their garbage on. And, um, and people, again, going back to how people have their own perceptions, they bring those perceptions to their interaction with you, even if it's just passing by in a store while you're barefooting and they throw them onto, they project them onto you and, and that becomes how they interact with you. Um, and just thinking about how miserable those people are, how weak those people are. And from somebody that's been through a lot of different things in my life that, um, yeah. And, and trying to just continue to work on overcoming them, you know, because I, um, I think that sometimes, and this isn't to dump, but I think other people feel this way a lot where you can survive things, but you don't really feel like you've overcome them. And as crazy as it sounds, barefooting is something that brings me back into my body and that helps me overcome so many things. And I think that barefooting brings a lot of sense of power and control and stability within my body that transcends um, beyond the physical the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and there's so many different aspects of that. And I think that barefooting is a very beautiful thing, and a lot of people don't understand it, unfortunately. And a lot of people who are weak, they come in with their nasty energy, and it's like, get out of here. And just remember that, you know, focus on that, building that connection and that stability and focusing on what feels right. And I think often in a society that is so broken, um, brainwashed, so fixated on placing each other um, in terms of social norms and whatnot else, um, doing anything that is coming back into your body, reclaiming yourself, healing yourself, owning your identity, embracing who you are, living your truth, doing what makes you feel better, doing what's healthy for you, just doing anything that is empowering for you, that generates the sense of energy. Sorry, that noise is weird, but like, you know, just the energy. Um, gross energy, they just want to project it and throw it on because I think that a lot of people have this sense of jealousy, but they also have this sense of fear. But they've also been programmed into this sense of duty. Like, they have a duty to check you and police you, you know, like, and be like, hey, what you doing? Hey, why aren't you wearing shoes? Or just to harass you in general for not wearing shoes or for whatever else that you may be doing that doesn't fit within their idea of social norm. And I think it's a very vicious cycle that a lot of people are stuck in, where it's a mix of, jealousy um i think there you know there's a lot of people in the world that you know wish that they could just be true to themselves even if it's not barefooting or doing whatever particular thing they're bothering you over there's a lot of people that wish they could just be themselves and i think that they bring a lot of that energy um into the world <coughs> so i gotta clear my throat real quick 
sorry, I did not want to clear my throat. Maybe all could hear can grow. All right. Um, but I think a lot of people definitely have a lot of gross, unhealed energy that they are just bringing into the environment and understanding that it takes real strength and real power to be gentle, to be loving, to understand the working inner mechanics of humans. And it's, um, you know, and, and I think it's a never ending journey for everyone. And it takes a lot of, you know, time and as even when you may want to obsess over figuring it out, it doesn't work like that like, either. Life is a journey. And, but I think barefooting is very key to um, understanding um, fundamental problems in our society once you start connecting with your body. Um, and a lot of emotions, unprocessed emotions are stored in our bodies. And I noticed even for myself, once I'm able to get in flows of movement where I'm able to use movement to help release um, excessive emotional energy and think of like that electrical charge energy we've talked about in the past and giving that to the earth, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, neurodivergent, you know, psychiatric, psychological stuff. We have a lot of stuff going on up there. You have to think there is a lot of extra electrical energy, um, and activity going on up there. And there is electrical energy in our minds and our hearts and, you know, our nervous systems are constantly sending electrical signals, you know, through neurons and synapses and, you know, everything. And so this isn't just, you know, hippie dippy crap. There are real electrical biomechanical reactions happening in the human body. And when you have too much of that, it can lead to inflammation issues, um, um, even shutdown issues for me or issues with um, my ability to control movement um, and different aspects. Um, there's so many different aspects about how this excess electrical energy can. And, you know, nature is healing and it does benefit you. Is, is this a cure-all? No, it's not going to magically cure you. But it is something that really does help. Um, and I think it's about finding those coping mechanisms that can help, help make life easier, more bearable, more manageable, build more stability and help strengthen our nervous systems and also remove those stressors to our nervous systems. You know, barefooting is not an immediate cure-all, but at the same time, it is something that I feel like does help my body over time, especially um, and even just from season to season, the more I'm able to do it each season, the more I see progressive changes. But honestly, the more I've barefooted over the years and I've developed a better relationship with understanding my body and understanding my fibromyalgia and um, even my ADHD and autism and the neurological aspects of what's happening physically in my body. Um, you know, shutdowns um, with autism are very physical and they do um, cause physical issues um, and it's kind of tied into my fibro. Um, and uh, fibro is also neurological and so there are different aspects of of that and the more that I've been able to develop a relationship with, with my body of better being able to listen to it and understand it and work with it uh, through barefooting. Barefooting is something that helps, um, has helped a lot even just because when I used to 
even when at times when I used to host a show, they were going to like my psychiatrist's office. I was so, um, at the time that I was seeing, I was so scared to go in there barefoot um, because I was worried about them labeling me as being more crazy than I was. But honestly, it was making me more <laughs> crazy before and after the appointments because I was so overstimulated and the overstimulation was sending me over the edge. I was driving um, and usually around the busy, like the busiest kind of like later afternoon traffic times in downtown Dayton. And it, um, and as somebody that has, you know, issues um, sometimes with driving um, because of um, just being in accidents when I was younger and stuff like that, like it gives me a lot of anxiety um, and like, and there's just other things there. Um, I just, um, was it going to say, you know, that like being in the car could be a problem, but wearing shoes would send me over the edge with my overstimulation and my anxiety. And once I was like, I crap, I can't care anymore. I got to do what I got to do. Um, Cause I usually would just feel like I didn't have enough time to put them on beforehand. So I just started going on barefoot, whatever, or I would stress myself rushing. Um, if I drove barefoot to put them on in the parking lot um, or sometimes like, again, like I put them on beforehand cause I was so worried I didn't have time. Once I got over all those worries and I just started going in there um, barefoot, um, I felt like it made that going to that appointment a lot easier. Um, I realized during that time how much wearing shoes while driving really overstimulated me and made my anxiety worse. Um, driving barefoot, I can feel the pedal better. Um, shoes are just overstimulating distraction. Um, they feel constrictive. Um, and it just and it causes physical pain to my feet. It causes issues with mobility to my feet. And so, you know, it's just there's so many different aspects of wearing shoes that um, can be very problematic. Um, and I mean, over when you're very overstimulated, and you're going through a lot of things with your health. And at the time of going to the psychiatrist's office, um, it was before I. I uh, found out that I was autistic and had ADHD and, um, well, I found out I had ADHD around that time, but, um, and so there were a lot of things where things were not being managed properly, but barefooting was something that really helped me pull through during that time as crazy as it sounds. Am I saying it's a cure-all? <laughs> no, but once I started doing it and I started doing it more shamelessly, I could think better. I started re claiming control of my body with my mobility and, um, and also not caring what people thought, um, about what I was, you know, wearing or whatever, you know, in regards to my feet, you know, and it's something that over time has helped me more and more with understanding overstimulation and meltdowns and so many different things and processing old emotions around traumas, um, there's definitely and old emotions do get stored in our bodies. So being able to move around and have that much more freer mobility, but also really release that excessive electrical, um, um, yeah, excessive electrical energy into the earth, um, and also get that sensory, um, that positive just sensory uh, seeking. You know, um, sorry, words are hard right now. You know, just like with barefooting, like touching the grass or um, you know, just different surfaces, textures, rather than having like ugh shoes on them right um there's just so many things that barefooting has just helped me come back into my body and it's just been this beautiful healing journey and I really don't care if it sounds crazy and hippy dippy 
um, at this point um, or whatever because it's it's very much so real. I think people hype these things up as like um, there's and in general like a lot of people out there. There's just a lot of people hype things up like oh it's an immediate cure you know I've been doing this since 2020 and I do still have up and downs um, and I'm constantly in ebb and flow and equilibrium of highs and lows with my disabilities and different issues. You know, it's not this magical thing, like how getting to uh, health healthiness when you have disabilities and chronic illnesses, like you're never going to reach this final peak definition or a uh, destination. Sorry. And I think that there's so much ableism that there's so much pressure on us to reach this peak and stay there. And it's so damaging. And I've seen it, you know, damage myself, but I've seen it damage so many other people in my life. And this shame that I, um, and we're constantly going to be in ebb and flows with our disabilities and um, finding those things that help us and help bring relief and stability and support. You know, we deserve relief. We deserve relief as well. We deserve um to relax. We deserve to rest. A lot of people, because we're in these false ideas of capitalism and productivity, that we focus on what people are achieving rather than what are they fighting inside. You know, most of my life, especially when I was a super high achieving student, um, you know, most um, throughout high school and most of college, um, I was working so much more harder than the people I knew. And I mean, I was doing phenomenal in school and some people will be like, you know, at different, <laughs> different points. I mean, there were points where I struggled more than others, but honestly, I was doing really well and I'm going to give myself that credit. Um, looking back, especially where I'm at now, I'm like, girl, you were doing great. This burnout stuff, oh, it sucks, but you know. Um, but anyway, you know, I was going through so much and um and I got into barefooting during college and it was something that really provided me a sense of stability and well-being and um and 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 it wasn't I mean I even at my worst times like and believe me it didn't magically cure me or make me better but it was one of those things that helped and I think when we're at our low points it's you know those things that help matter but again with all this um different ableism people don't understand that what you're what you're fighting through and what you're going through and even when when we're performing at our highest even then people will often um be like, oh, wow, it's easy for you. Oh, look at this, blah, 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 blah. And kind of rather than just celebrating you and actually giving you a compliment, they kind of like downplay it. Again, that's people coming at you with their own probably gross energy of where they, and they may even look up to you unrealistically even and think, um, because that's something I've dealt with most of my life is people looking up to me unrealistically. Um, And there was always a sense of jealousy behind it. And um, I felt the need to downplay my strengths even at times um, throughout my life for other people. And so I think a lot of people are going through disabilities when we're performing at our highest. You know, there's this sense of um, dismissal. And when we're at our lowest, there's this sense of, oh, you're lazy or piece of crap, like, you know, just completely slandering on you. And I think that that is so connected into so many topics that I think barefooting makes us aware of, um, so many different aspects of the crucialness of barefooting, like connecting to your body, 
realizing how we need to be in equilibrium and ebb and flow with our bodies, understanding our place and our purpose and connection with nature, um, understanding the need to take care of ourselves, understanding that we're complex organisms, understanding how crucial it is to listen to your body and take care of it. And I think that, um, well, let me take a drink of water real quick and I'm going to give maybe a little bit of a hot take on why barefooting is seen as a threat. I don't think it is, but anyway, barefooting is seen as a threat. It really is. I think the reason why there was so much propaganda against it during, um, you know, the Western counterculture movement um, and then the traditionalist kind of movement rising up um, is because getting in touch with your body and getting in touch with your earth, um, the earth, Sorry, getting in touch with your body, getting in touch with yourself, getting in touch with the earth, you know, all of that, it is a threat to the current systems in play. It is a threat to the abusive labor systems, right? It's a a threat to unchecked capitalism. It's a threat to this social norm policing crap. Um, It's a threat to just these status, mind game, hierarchy, bullcrap so they get us caught into with celebrities and whatnot, you know? So, and I hope that makes sense um, to you all. Um, Audrey uh, should be here soon. She had an appointment um, today and they ran late. Um, So, and so I don't know if I introduced myself at the beginning of the show, but this, um, for those of you who have been listening, you probably recognize that this is Phoenix speaking. Um, Hello. Um, But for those of you who are listening or not familiar with Barefoot is Legal, um, hi, hello, my name is Phoenix. Um, I am one of the hosts of Barefoot is Legal. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle. Um, And so we we are here for general support, encouragement, and information. Um, but sometimes we do go on our little tangents here. So sometimes, you know, I go on my little um, ADHD, um, autism, you know, rants. So, you know, it happens. But Audrey um, should be here with us soon um, and to be able to uh, finish the show and um, some, uh, share some things and whatnot and just, you know, have a good uh, time and conversation. Um, but I think that it's really important to remember there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States in public spaces. You're not doing anything morally or legally wrong. You are living your life as you choose to if you are choosing to go barefoot, even if you're choosing to wear shoes. Hey, that's your own thing. I'll mind my business. So just keep listening to your bodies. And unfortunately, I do think that barefooting is often has often for a very long time been seen as you know a threat you know to people because of these false ideas of ableism and worth that we put on to each other and I think that coming into our bodies and living fluidly um, you know in a slow state of motion like we're more able to with better flow and range of motion barefooting um, it is very you know it is something that's very empowering physically to the body it, it it empowers and um, strengthens the nervous system. It relieves um, and releases those stressors and those, you know, pent-up emotions, you know, going through the bodies. Like, there's so many different um, aspects of it. You know, you can live more freely in a state of flow, um, being able to barefoot. 
Um, and I know that might, again, sound like kind of hippy-dippy nonsense, but that's really how it kind of feels to be able to live more um, within that. Like, just, I feel like my movement is just so much more freer. Um, I don't feel so trapped. I feel like my muscles move um, just the way that they need to. You know, it's just like you're and um, I think, I feel like my mind works so much clearer, the thought. Um, don't feel so chaotic and spastic and um, my emotions, you know, they become less cloudy um, and, you know, easier to understand when I'm really, especially when I'm able to go out and connect with the earth. So I really do think it's really important for us to connect with the earth for sure. And you can believe spiritually whatever you want. I think that there's so many ways to interpret life, you know, to live and embody life and to understand um, our connection here, but we are all definitely very complex living organisms um, with very complex um, multi-dimensions within us. That works. And barefooting is something that can help with all of those things. And um, is it, again, not a cure-all, but it is something that does benefit um, my mental well-being, my emotional well-being, my physical well-being, um, and my spiritual well-being. And it's been really frustrating um, as the seasons are changing, it's because, like, I mean, there's some days where I'm able to barefoot more, and it's great, right? But there's a lot of days where it's just been dropping down, where in the morning and with the sun setting so early, it's so cold, you know, for me, um, especially with, like, my own um, different limitations with health stuff, excuse me, um, to barefoot. And, it, um, and I do see the difference. You know, I, I feel my mind becoming... Um, just more chaotic, um, you know, the, the less I'm able to barefoot. And I think that there are very real, um, very real effects um, of not being able to barefoot enough that I can observe and witness within myself. Um, and, I'm, um, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can observe and witness those within yourselves, um, especially for those of you who are in, you know, much, much colder climates right now. We actually haven't gotten any snow yet, but it's dropped, you know, around, um, around or below freezing. Um, and when the ground's wet and it gets around to freezing, um, then that can be especially colder and it can take a while to warm up, you know, where it feels like you're walking on, um, like the grass feels like, you know, at certain times they feel like walking on ice. Well, other times it can feel like a great little ice pack and, and a nice relief. Um, to your feet. And so, again, you know, remembering that it's a constant equilibrium of like listening and living within our bodies. Um, and again, especially if you have a lot of disabilities and um, chronic health issues, I think it's especially important to really understand that and to really um, be gentle and patient with yourself. Um, and, you know, yeah, be able to, you know, yeah, it's great to push yourself in the days when you are capable of doing more, but do not overdo it. Please don't overdo it. I've learned it the hard way too many times. Um, you know, you can push it just enough, you know what I mean, to get like a little, you know, just, you know, you know what I mean, just push it if you want to push your limits, you know, just push it enough where it's like, ah, you know, that was a little bit of like a little milestone. Oh, that, you know, I worked up, you know, more of a little sweat and like, oh, that strengthens the muscles. Do not overdo it over the edge, please, until you were like, Ugh, I'm at my dead point. Okay, please don't do that. That does not help you. Please listen to your body. Um, yeah, 
and, and not even just with barefooting in general, everyone, please listen to your body. Um, I've heard, I actually never thought of this um, until, um, so, you know, I, I nanny kids. And um, so um, somebody, where was I going with those? Sorry, my brain, I just, I don't even know how to explain it. I looked over and I was just, I think I saw like a flyer or something. Like, I don't know what it was. And then it moved. And then I was like, what was that? And then I'm like, I think it was a fly. My brain got strong. So, you know, I nanny and um, kids. And um, so their dad, who's basically like my, you know, like someone who I'm, you know, employed by, but like, if that makes any sense, but, you know, you know, who totally accepts my barefooting um, experience um, and you know like I, I'll show up barefoot um, I'll take the kids to school barefoot I'll pick them up from school barefoot a lot of time I'll have socks on for all my own personal reasons because um, a lot of times I just feel more comfortable wearing socks and it's not because I hide my barefooting but because of sensory reasons temperature reasons especially around this time of year when it's early in the morning um, and other times I will be wearing shoes if like the ground's wet, but again, like I usually, I, they're off when I'm in the car, they're off as soon as I'm inside, like they are just so my socks don't get wet and to keep my feet warm and to keep my muscles from doing weird stuff if they get too cold and then they're off and, you know, and it's something that isn't a problem, isn't an issue. Um, you know, the youngest kid, um, is definitely, um, prefers to be barefoot a lot of the time um, and getting shoes on her can be a challenge while other times um, she when she wants to wear shoes she wants to wear shoes and you know is we've noticed that there's a pattern of a lot of like you know sensory um, issues around that um, that appear to be related to you know ADHD and autism potentially and that's something that they've been you know figuring out and understanding but um, and but at the same time, you know, even um, he himself, you know, like has talked about the benefits of barefooting and wearing, um, you know, barefoot, um, the barefooting like shoes, different brands and stuff like that. I can't remember which one he brought up, though, to be honest. Um, but some, like those barefoot sandals and barefoot shoes. Um, and, you know, there can be a little bit of muscle strain and, um, oh, Audrey is here to do the show with us. Give me one second, folks, to let her in. So sorry, friends. It's okay. I got me ice cream. Thank mm, you. Brownie taco extreme. Well, I do still have it on, so they can't hear us, though. So. I think you can hear us. Um, yeah. Appointment on a Saturday is close from getting another tattoo. I'm sure you know that. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you're good. So, I'll be back, friends, again. Huh. But, um, oh, what was I talking about? Um, oh, sorry. And um, But anyway, when we were... Um, talking about um, different aspects of barefooting um, and different things like that, you know, he was talking about how he had a friend that had started um, even just wearing the barefoot, um, different types of barefoot shoes and barefoot sandals um, was, you know, straining the muscles um, in his feet at first because he was working out his 
feet and ankles and calves in a way that he had never worked them out before. And he didn't get into barefooting until he was, I think like this guy was like in his thirties or something like that. And so this was something that was completely new experience to him, to his body. And, you know, it was something that, you know, he, um, he never anticipated, but, you know, doing, um, you know, like a normal hike, like he would have, um, that normally wouldn't have caused, you know, that much muscle strain or feeling like that much of a workout suddenly, you know, was a much more intense workout and, you know, felt kind of, um, sore and, 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 and not in because of like any damage to his feet, but because he was working and, um, working out the muscles so intensely in a way that he had never worked out, you know, his foot, ankle and like calf muscles because he had always worked out wearing shoes before or always hiked wearing shoes before. So even just wearing the barefoot sandals, um, with having more, um, you know, rigid or having less, you know, this, of this rigid mobility and having more of a flow of mobility and having more fluidity when it's in your um, joints and muscles and feet, you know, it was a more intense workout for this guy. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think it's very um, important to be aware of, you know, making sure you're not overworking your body either um, and overdoing it. And that's not to scare people out of barefooting, but that's to, like, warn people, like, hey, your body business that we talk about. Don't overdo it. Because I think that's something that people don't anticipate, though, too. And there's so many um, positive aspects of engaging those muscles better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, again, it could be a much more intense workout if you overdo it and just be mindful of that. And, it's again, it's not because barefooting is a problem, but it's because you were really working those muscles out in a way you've never worked them out before. Well, that's funny. I actually, I am, after the show, on my way to be the urgent care ER for my knee. Mm -hmm. I've had knee problems since I was 15. So, usually, I just, like, suck it up buttercup because I know what it is. This time, like, I, I was wearing shoes and I did it, just for the record. But the way I squatted down was the way I've squatted down a hundred times before, but like it feels like the top of my kneecap went up under the muscles and stuff. Really? I don't know if that's even possible. I just know that's what it feels like, and like I can't put weight on it. I can't bend it. That's that's as far as I can bend it. You guys can't see it, but it's literally probably a hundred and fifty degree angle. If they did the little angle do down on my knee, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it was entirely because I was wearing shoes, but I do think. The having it was when I was at work. That's why they were on in case you were wondering. But I do think it participated in the. It was it was part of the problem with the fact that I had shoes on, and my feet couldn't do what they were supposed to do on the way down. So that translated to putting strain on all my muscles and tendons and my calf, mm-hmm. and then therefore my knee. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I noticed whenever I'm at, after work, I know everybody complains about their feet hurting after work. Cause, like they've been on their feet all day, blah blah blah. But, like, for me, because I have to wear the shoes at work most of the day, Mm -hmm. well, I'm supposed to wear them all the day, but we've been over this. Sometimes I have to ground for a minute. But um, it was those actually those minimalist tools I bought a couple weeks ago that I've been wearing, and I realized they're not as – I don't think they're as minimalist as they're advertised because my feet feel like they've been constricted longer through the day. Mm -hmm. So, therefore – they're not allowing, like, I don't think the toe box is wide enough. I think that's what it is. Because after mm-hmm. I get work, I have to, like, flex my toes and make sure I'm exercising my toes and, like, you know, kind of like this, like you have to do for your hands, you know. And anyway, long story short, 
shoots Estmania bad. Like, I have not, literally, I've not actually considered going even to a doctor for my knee in so long because I'm always like, oh, it's just this. Like, my kneecaps pop out of place. So I pop them back, I wrap them up for mm-hmm. a couple hours so it can settle back in, and I'm good to go. Like, I know how to take care of my knees at this point. I know my PT exercises, this, that, and the other, but I literally, I, understand, yeah. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, how... I did it, but, like, I've never had this sensation. So um, we can go ahead and blame the shoes entirely, even though part of it was just my body being my body. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but also, too, the things your body or why is especially so crucial for mm-hmm. you to be verified. <clears throat> it is. It really is. And the older I get, the more I realize it. And it's so funny because I hear people all the time saying, like, you know, I – I could do that when I was younger, and and but now that I'm older, well, I'm getting older, and I'm seeing, like, partially what they were talking about, but, like, for me, it's, like, no, it's because you gave up and took the quote-unquote easy road. Like, I'm not going to get shoes just because I'm getting older unless I get a condition that requires me to protect my feet 24-7. Unless something like that happens, it's not going to happen for me because it still is feels better for me to be barefoot. It might be a little harder than it was as I, when I was younger. And now that I've like hit, gone past menopause, like mm-hmm. it might be a little bit more difficult, which it, you know, some days it is a little difficult, but, um, I thought I had a napkin for you. I'm sorry. Um, but I get, yeah, it might be a little bit more difficult, but that doesn't mean I want to quit and take the easy road out and put shoes on. Now some people might, and that's your choice. That's not, I'm not trying to judge anybody that does. I'm just saying, like, I can see what they're talking about, like, why they would have. But I'm I'm too dang <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt what you were talking about working out, though. So No, I mean, honestly, I think I was pretty much done with that thought anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what all I kind of talked about today. I mean, I was going to talk about how I think barefooting. There is one there's a lot of propaganda against just because it's a threat. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of things in our society, ableism, the policing of social norms type conformity. Crap, conformity. We don't um, conform. Even like a lot of the labor abuse that we see. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just not listening and caring about people's bodies, not respecting right. people's bodies. Think about all the other aspects of discrimination. Not respecting people's cultural, religious beliefs, um, spiritual beliefs, and things like that with mm-hmm. barefooting as well. I mean, a lot of the prop prop. Sorry, a lot of the propaganda against barefooting mm-hmm. that started was anti-black, anti-indigenous. Mm-hmm. It was racism. Anti-different. Yeah, I mean, in general. And, I mean, it was it was against poor people. Um, it was against mm-hmm. a lot of neurodivergent people that, honestly, I don't think Up were until that point, neurodivergent at that time, though, either. Um, because, you know, if we think a lot of people that were labeled hippies and these, like, you know, these Oh, yeah. anti, you know, conformist, anti-establishment people. I mean, a lot of that is just neurodivergent people. I think the so. system was failing. I mean, if we, I mean, it, I don't think it takes much to really question that when we you know, just see it now and see how it's evolved and how many artists back in the day are now finding out that they're owner yes. even still sometimes mm-hmm. see people that have been in the industry forever, like sharing and opening up about different disorders that they found out, you know, they had, especially with, like, ADHD and autism, things like that, um, yeah. that 
work is seen as if you were high functioning enough, nobody questioned that. You know, but there's a lot of other disorders. But there's like a good society well, well enough. But if you're binge exactly. like that. Even, um and how hard it whether or not you mask it well. Well like I said, even back up until when I was in starting school and young they still would put people like that in the what they called the M R D D room then. And which is basically like a back closet. Literally it was such a tiny classroom. At least in our school, and from what I hear talking to other people, it was most schools that did it this way. It was where they put anyone who had anything from a slight neurodivergency that was diagnosed to, you know, like the severe, you know, like the, I don't want like Down syndrome or um, anything like that. Like, yeah, uh, like proper, uh, disability, a more severe cognitive disability. Yeah, disability. Which is, you know, intellectual disabilities. Exactly. Like that's where sorry, they tried to put sorry. my so hard. <laughs> no, you are fine. Like that's where they tried to put my brother when he was diagnosed with ADHD. And, you know, so that was like now they're understanding more and like including folks, even those with severe disabilities or or cognitive um, development in disorders. Disorders, yeah. I don't like calling them disorders. No, but disabilities. And I think there's another word. Disabilities, I think, is a good word because although. I know they're like, I know that bad word. Differently abled is what. I know, but but, like a lot of people in in the disabled community is engaging online. Um, have, you know, are talking about, you know, disabled isn't a dirty word. I can understand with certain things, aspects with, like, disorder behavior, I can understand. But, again, at the same time, it can be frustrating when there are things that are actual disorder behaviors that are actual mm-hmm. frustrations in our lives that are issues. And it's, yeah. and having a disability means that you have a disability of doing certain things. It doesn't mean that you are um, mm-hmm. completely useless it just means there's something that you can't person. do the way, quote, yeah. typical person does. And, or that you can't do in general, and that's okay. We are Come humans. On. We need to live and ebb and flow with our humanity. Yeah, everyone that's ever born deserves to be alive and deserves a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And deserves to be, the choice to be barefoot. Yeah, and deserves the choice to accommodate for themselves and advocate for themselves however they need to. Mm-hmm. And accessibility is a huge issue, and I even think about that in terms of barefooting. I think mm-hmm. um, in a lot of places, yes, barefooting can be very questionable um, in terms of safety, I understand, in certain environments, um, and especially with certain academic environments like, you know, chemistry students, um, chem- you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. things like that, or if you're working um, with, like, anatomy and you're dissecting things, you know what I mean, anything like that. Medicals, if you're a med student, I could understand in certain aspects of hmm. different things you're going into. Like, if I was going into you you know, an wear operating room, you know, like, <laughs> if I'm going into an operating room or a delivery room, you yeah, know, yeah, anything yeah. like that, um, well, yeah, I can understand. If you're going to wear gloves or other protective equipment, you probably yeah. But if you're just, but I can understand, too, if you're just a doctor, you know, again, you're not performing surgery, you're just sitting there at the keyboard, you know, type of, like, hey, what's going on today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds like this, you know. Yeah. And if barefooting is an accommodation during that time, then like, okay, that's an accommodation that could work for even doctors, you know. And, and being barefoot helps my doctor better diagnose me than please take your food. Yeah. When especially if you think about neurodivergent people and how many um, different people with ADHD and autism who um, are able to thrive in the medical world and may still mm-hmm. need it as um, something an accommodation, or even thinking about for yourself, you know, an accommodation. At least even getting a break where you can go in a certain space or get yourself mm-hmm. outside and like a five minute break. Yeah. Like, you feel over, yeah. like, okay, so here's what happened. Oh, I'll tell you what happened yesterday at work. This never happened this severe. I was at work 
and I was, there's a lot of stuff we have to do right now because we've got parent-teacher conferences coming up. We've got what's called the clean team coming in Monday to, you know, check to see how clean our rooms are. So, you know, of course, we're, I mean, we keep our rooms clean, but when the clean team comes, you do some a little bit of extra, right? It's just, I mean, that's, anyone can understand that. Yeah, like okay. you're going for spotless, brand yeah. new. Yeah, oh, completely yeah, untouched. Like the, make, basically make it look like the room's never had a child in it, okay? Literally. So that's stressful. <laughs> I, I never know, too. I mean, children will put a marker on the wall. Mm-hmm. Marker, crayons, food everywhere, even when you think you've cleaned them up. Like, they hide it in their rolls, okay? Anyway, so, like, we've got that coming in. We've got parent-teacher conferences coming up. I have one parent who I'm concerned how the conference is going to go because there's a little bit of a language barrier, and I don't want to be misunderstood. Um, excuse me. And, you know, there's just, there's a lot going on right now. We're getting ready for the holidays. We have a holiday program we're doing with our students here in about in a couple weeks. You know, we've got all these things going on. And then there's my home concern. So I've got, you know, everything going on there. So I was, just like, just hitting that overload point. And I've, it's, it's happened before. Not at work. I could not stop crying. And when I mean crying, I mean ugly crying. It was like everything kept changing. They were like, that was the other thing. It was like, okay, we had a plan of what we're doing, and then they're taking my help away. And then she's back, and then they're gone, and then they're back, and they're gone. And they asked me, you're trying to juggle all these moving parts. Yeah. This is very overstimulating. And it is so overstimulating. Well, and then they asked me to put the stuff from the closet away, and I had just started. And they called, and they took. They told my me like they said my ATD to go somewhere else right when I first signed through, and I lost it. Like and I could throw like boom, boom. I went in the closet, came back out, still crying. I could not stop. It was to the point where my boss came back, and I finally calmed myself down enough. And then she said she came to my door and asked, she said, "Are you okay?" I was like, "No." And then I. Start it up again. She's like, how about you step out for a minute, and I will take care of this. So my boss had to come in and start snack time. I went out there where we've got a wooded area behind the school, and I had I went all the way out there, took my shoes off, moved the leaves, buried my feet in the mud a little bit, just stood there breathing, barefooting in the mud because it was that bad. Like, I I had to ground myself. But like, it, it was – it was intense, and that should be a valid accommodation, I think, for anybody that, it, you know, the sensory aspects of the feet where they need to be barefoot. And over they should be, and it was, and I apologize. So I was more, and I don't get embarrassed because I'm a weird person. If I was going to be embarrassed I'd always, about anything, I'd always be embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like, there'd yeah. never be a moment where I wasn't, so I just don't. But I have never had a breakdown like that. I mean, I've cried at work before. Every teacher has. Trust me. Every teacher has cried at work before. Literally. Um, but never to the point where I could not stop it. I could not control it. I was wigging out over. And it, it was the simplest thing that set me off. You know what I mean? The fight last straw was like the smallest thing was just, I know you just started this, but I need your AT for a minute. And I... I wigged out. I'm not. I'm not gonna deny it. And, and overstimulation, you know, it can. The last straw can be really just anything. And, once, and even if you're having a meltdown because of your ADHD, once mm-hmm. you're in that mindset, you you um your mind moves away from all that mental mm-hmm. and it moves into the emotional survival kind of state. Survival state. You go yeah. to the survival state where you but can't function. People forget too how much of the emotional state is triggered mm-hmm. within that and exists within that. Yeah. And um, 
And so all of these, you know, and a lot of unprocessed um, or unrelated and emotions that are, you know, could be um, just triggered from past things, um, from things in your life can really come out. And that's where, like I was talking about earlier, where being barefoot can just really help with overstimulation and anxiety and mental stuff. But it can also really help with that emotional aspect and working those emotions through the body mm-hmm. and being able to, all that excessive electrical energy I mentioned, you know, with the ADHD and, like, overstimulation in your head, like, and it, and, and it is real within your nervous system, all those Firing synapses and mm-hmm. neurons and all that. Oh, they all they had to be doing fireworks shows in my brain. Like if yeah. you couldn't freaking see my brain, then it had to be because I just couldn't. There was so much, and that was my last show, and I couldn't. And the only thing that helped me calm down because I was doing my breathing, I was doing my focusing on you know a focal point. But keep in mind, at the same time, I still I couldn't quit taking care of the babies. I couldn't just break down. So like I'm having this meltdown and still doing what I have to do. For these children and keep and they were safe trust me i if i felt they were unsafe i would have screamed for somebody to come back i'm like somebody yeah. getting here right now you know what oh, i mean wow. uh, that is number one for me even even in a meltdown but like mm-hmm. look, just keep my hands still i can't stop i can't stop moving i can't stop working just because i'm having a meltdown so it's like mm-hmm. in the middle of that i i mean i i've never had that strong of a meltdown like i don't even think ever let alone at work mm-hmm. But she came back and she basically ordered me out of her. She's like, you need to take a few minutes. And she wasn't wrong. Yeah. And so I went and um, I did. I went all the way outside to the woods and I had to barefoot and ground myself to and breathe through that. So it's like barefooting should be considered an accommodation for anybody who needs it, whether you're neurodivergent or not, but typically – Typically, when it gets to that degree, you probably are, if you whether you admit it or not. <laughs> so it's just it helped me immensely in that moment, and it's like it's always helped me. Everyone that's ever listened to me knows I've been barefooting for basically my whole life. Um, it's always helped with my sensory issues, my physical issues, my mental health, my spiritual health, my physical. It's always been a help to you know all my issues for lack of a better word at the moment so like but in that moment I think if I was not if I hadn't been allowed to leave the room leave the building go ground myself barefoot I think I probably would get at the very least written up if not fired because I was having a major breakdown like it was major and I kept I'm like I can't stop it I can't stop it I can't stop it you know, like letting them know, like, I'm not, I just, I can't stop this right now. I need, I don't know what I need, but I can't stop it. Yeah. And um, it was scared. I was scared, too. That was the other thing. So then that fueled it even more because I was afraid of getting in trouble, afraid of looking like I couldn't do my job, afraid of looking like a failure, afraid, you know, so I had all these fears on top of everything else. Like, it was, it was the pinnacle of stress. And all of these fears is interesting because I think a lot of stuff you're bringing up is things I was kind of already kind of bringing up earlier in the show. Um, and there's all these fears, and where do they come from? Society and shame and ableism. Yeah, a lot of it does. And, and it's funny because I don't like to prescribe, prescribe, subscribe would be the word to many of those social norms. Like, you know I don't generally prescribe to these, subscribe to these. So it's like, I'm, I'm my own person, it's whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, in that moment, I was so, like, I, I understand them and I know them. I just don't generally pay attention to them, if that makes sense. But in that moment, every one of them 
scared the absolute far out of me. Like, I just couldn't. I just couldn't, you know. And I'm grateful to my boss because she was great about it. Like, her and I, we butted heads before with our, you know, we're both strong women. So we both have, like, you know, we have strong feelings and, and, and um, whatnot. So it's like we've butted heads before and we've worked through, had to work through things before. But in that moment, she showed she was truly, really there to help me. She recognized I was in a moment of severe stress, and she just said, you need to get out of the room, and I will do this. And I'm absolutely grateful to her Yeah. because if she – I'm about to make myself cry, but if she hadn't, I don't know how well the rest of I don't know what would have happened. I really don't mm-hmm. because I was having a hard time even just making sure I had the baby's diapers changed and, and calling and, and getting them sat down because it was snack time too. So they're all freaking hungry, so they're crying because they're hungry, and I feel bad because I can't – I'm grateful that she was there and to help me and and not be and ask about it because she could have been. Yeah. With our past history, she could have been. Yeah. But she absolutely wasn't. Yeah. So I just I think it's great that you were able to um, have that accommodation to be able to deal with you know this kind of meltdown and then no um, yeah uh, be able to go out into the woods kind of nature be able to barefoot. And, then, and just be able to have that overstimulation release, be able to take the shoes off and be able to be away from everything. Yeah. And that just sends the sensory aspect that was, of yeah. connecting with the earth and just, and, you know, sensory seeking is really important for dopamine, but also even avoiding certain sensory aspects or overstimulation can be yeah. very important at times um, for stabilizing the nervous system. Agreed. And barefooting can be a key role, and the fact that you were able to get that still, like, that accommodation mm-hmm. at that time is really great. Right. And, like, I was gone. I was outside for probably 10, 15 minutes. I took quite a bit of time out there. But the fact that, like, she didn't even, like, I went and they knew I was going out to barefoot. That's what I do when I'm stressed anyway on a regular, like, you know, I just, like, I need to get something out of my car. I think they know better. They know what I mean. Like, I just need to get outside for a minute. <laughs> But, like, the fact that she, like, going to shoot, you know, was just understanding of my need to go and barefoot and take a break. Like, that was it. It was a pivotal moment at work because it's, like, they knew not just, like, where are your shoes, Audrey? Where are your shoes, Audrey? Just playing around with me when they know I'm grounding in the classroom. But, like, basically ordering me to go do it. Yeah. So, like, the fact that recognizing that I needed that break in that time. I think it was a pivotal moment at work for me for barefooting. Yeah. It really was. I, no, I, I, I can see that. I'm just listening, you know, when you talk. No, you're good. I understand. I just, it, it, it's, it's a good feeling. That's what yeah. <laughs> Making progress. Maybe one, one day they'll just quit asking me where my shoes are and just let me go into work barefoot and stay barefoot all day. That'll be the day. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's hard when it is something that is, you know, a needed form of accessibility and accommodation for many different people. And yeah. there can be work policies against it. Um, that can be a lot harder because even if you're able to barefoot public spaces and, you know, whether or not people are bothering you or not, even if you're out doing that, most people are spending the day working. Right. They are being able to do something that they enjoy or be in public spaces or be in their home environment. Mm-hmm. So I think that can become a very hard thing for people that need it as an accommodation for whatever reason that may be that they need it as an accommodation. I agree. 
And I think, too, I, I feel hopeful, too, because we finally are working on my diagnosis and then, like, getting the right therapy for me, hopefully when the, a therapist that will quit on me. Yeah. That'll make you feel like garbage. But, uh, uh, but like, maybe getting on paper, so that's an accommodation for me, and make even more progress in the workplace. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Because, like, the last time, I know what she's worried about now, because the last time we were, we had our um, teacher meeting outside, and I was at the last time. It was, it was over the summer. We had a teacher meeting. We do one every month. And we did it outside. I was like, ooh, can I take my shoes off over right here? She's like, fine. She's like, no workers' comp cases. No workers' comp. You get hurt. Just no workers' comp. I was like, I'm more likely to hurt myself with shoes on than I am with a mop. Just and for the how many times have you hurt yourself? I'm at like work with every your time mom. I've got hurt at work. I'm like, by the way, I made it through this October. <laughs> the first three Octobers I was there, I ended up getting hurt and having to work or something. I made it through. <laughs> and I, but I honestly think that the fact that you know every time you get hurt at work, you are wearing shoes should show that like this is a safety concern. You know, this is a yes. real accommodation. Well, and then for I was. I was wearing these ones the other day. I forgot. I couldn't find my regular ones. So I put these ones on. They, they look like they have the toes, but they're not the ones that separate the toes. They just look like it. But they're about an inch and a half too long for my feet because I had to get them long, bigger size to have a wide enough toe box. They look ridiculous. It looks like I'm wearing clown shoes when I put these on. Why I don't ever wear them. But anyway, because of my sensory shit stuff, I was, I kept catching the toes on everything and tripping on stuff. And all day, I, finally, I just took them off because I was like, that little bit, I'm not used to it, to clearing that much space to the edge of everything, and I'm tripping and I'm falling, and I look like, I had to look like I was drunk, and I'm almost 22 years sober, but I had to look like I was drinking because the way I was tripping. I took them off, didn't have a single problem, not one tripping incident, and, like, she came to the app with my shoes, and I was like, they're making me trip on everything, and they gave me a look. I'm like, check the cameras if you don't believe me. Check them. I don't know that they did or not, but, like, they kind of let it go. But I was like, I was tripping on everything. I was catching. I caught it on. What finally got me to take my shoes, take them off, was I caught it on like just a little bit on a, one of my baby's legs. Like not, you know, like a year old, and it didn't hurt them. But like it was enough to make me almost fall into a wall. Like it threw my balance off, and we were close to a wall as it was. Just you know, it wasn't like I flew like 12 feet or anything. But you know what I mean. So that was the final throw. I was like, if I'm gonna catch it on the baby. That is unsafe for my babies now, especially. Yeah. So I took mom. It was I couldn't. And then when I went on break, I, I found something different. But I took around until I did. Found the usual ones. But it's just. I'm sure it's frustrating when um, you know not being able to be barefoot can become a concern to your safety, the safety of your job, safety of yeah children. You know, and that adds to the overwhelm. The fact that I don't feel safe, I start to not feel safe. And also not to feel like a safe person. Either. Yeah, and it, and that is my safety and well-being of my children is my number one thing. Like I always say, like they're when they're in my room, they're my kids. Like I take care of them, like my kids. And if I'm wearing shoes and it's making me stumbly bumbly, that's not safe for them or me or my AC. It's not safe for anybody. So I did. I took them off. I was like, I can't. It's making my feet too big. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I said it. It's making my feet too big. Like. <laughs> But it was. It's the only way I could, you know, think to word it, to to explain what was happening. Sometimes having, like, that wording for those things when it's, you know, happening can be very um, hard when you're overstimulated, you're overwhelmed. Words are hard when you're not overstimulated, let alone when you are, or, yeah. 
Like, it's, yeah. it's definitely frustrating, um, for sure, and even, like, my own experiences with um, this time of year, the times that I have had to wear shoes, even if it's just going to my car, like, it's just being able to see the negative difference and right. how to wear them um, versus then the time I don't, and even pushing myself where, I'm like, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to wear them even if it's cold because I'd rather deal with the cold or just, you know, or even sometimes, too, you can adjust to it. Right, right. Just, you know, I have the socks on, and I'll just get out of my head. and Stand outside for a few minutes before you start walking. In yeah, but thing. sometimes yeah. there can be this, um, you know, fear, I think, too, with having different chronic health issues, disability issues. Like, with the cold, you know, for me, like, it has been making my body worse already, which has been me, 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 which has been meaning that I need to barefoot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, the same time, because mild. it's cold, you know, I'm able to barefoot as much. And it's, like, weird because it depends on the time of day. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's early morning, then it's, like, ugh. If it's, like, later, you know, then, ugh. But if it's, like, that right time of day, you know what I mean? I do, um, exactly. But it also depends on, like, where you're going. Like, if you're walking on you know, surfaces that don't get as cold, and that could be fine, but if you're on surfaces that get wetter and colder, longer, and even sometimes, too, if we, you know, like, even if the weather is nice outside, like, certain surfaces will take longer to heat up, especially mm-hmm. if they're not exposed to the sun, and then it's just, like, you know what I mean? Or even just, like, there are so many factors, and then it will correct me up when people think it's a lazy thing. Yeah. I'm like, do you understand how much thought and prep has to go into every day? Yeah. And every day. Mm-hmm. And for me, as someone who's also always thinking about always having to overthink and prepare for all the sensory aspects, it can become a very frustrating thing of trying to balance sensory mm-hmm. issues and disability issues. And then just sometimes, too, having to push it and be like, okay, I think I'm just overthinking it today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it can still be that mental struggle mm-hmm. of, like, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's a problem. And, you know, right, and, no, and, exactly. then, and then it being that time of year that where you feel like you have to have them just to prepare at least. Um, but, like, there are times where I've pushed myself, you know, to just past it. And I, I've definitely appreciated it. But there have been, you know, one time when I went out um, and got nature time recently where I yeah. Um, you know, I ended up I ended up doing it with the socks on, but even then, like as um it was getting colder, um and later like my feet were getting colder and it was mm-hmm. fine, I wanted to keep pushing and then I got to the point by the time I got back to my car, I'm like, Oh my nose <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was like one of those things where but at the same time my body needed it, but then in other ways I overdid it with my body because mm-hmm. of disability issues. So it's like constantly a juggle. It is. And one thing I've learned, too, you know. I think going barefoot is le- far less lazy yeah. than putting shoes on. Especially putting if, shoes on is yeah. the lazy person's way out, honestly. Yeah. Or, then, not, I don't want to know. I don't want to put it that way because sometimes I know it's necessary. Yeah. It's not the leggy for like, typical people that wear shoes every single day. It's their lazy way out. You know. But, like, no, I hear saying that. I am saying you're not trying to be dismissive, though. But, yeah, I think it's just hard um, to definitely balance all the different things different, um, throughout the different times of year since also yeah. the weather's changing and, and the different like, rhythm. Um, well, and for anybody that, you know, gets all four seasons, you know, um, and depending on how drastically or how mildly even, too, like, I mean, that can vary from place to place. But um, 
I mean, it's exceptionally been exceptionally warm for this time. Oh my god, it's like December 9th and mm-hmm. it's 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. It is warm. It's wet. It rained, but it's well. Let's see my watch that. Yeah, 60 on the bus. I didn't even realize I haven't been out today, but it's, yeah, it's warm. It is. It is. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, I'm like, it's just like, December, December. you know, definitely, it's like, climate issues, okay, <laughs> right, let's not get political, but, you know, <laughs> like, when it's very clearly obvious right outside our front doors um, at this point, yeah, when I was like, I'm just reporting back weather, in my, my day, point. back in my day, at this point, it looked like cornflakes with sugar on it with the leaves on the ground, it did, we always say it looked like cornflakes with sugar. Because yeah, the leaves, brown leaves would be all over the ground, and there'd be at least an inch of snow. You'd see some of the leaves poking out. It looks like cornflakes with sugar on top. Hmm. That's a good but analogy. We always joke about our yard being a giant uh, bowl of cereal. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and and I definitely do think, you know, the different issues going on with the climate are very, you know, important to human safety. But also in terms of thinking about barefooting, yes, it might be making it nicer here, but and uh, but this affects different areas differently. And there's a lot of places that are definitely playing, paying the price more unfairly because mm-hmm. of, yeah. Oh, we're going to have bugs out the wazoo next year. And... some weird things going on with bees recently where the bees um, were going into hibernation sooner and they were actually um, a lot of and the bees people will talk about how like the bees hold wisdom of the ages and like history and stuff like that because the and and also they show a lot about nature and the seasons and there's a lot of truth in that it's really weird Um, I don't know how to explain all of it right now especially with bees are barefoot <laughs> with the time we have. <laughs> no, you don't see them wear shoes. Clearly, though. The bees do I'll wear well. shoes when the bees wear shoes. There it is. <laughs> there it is. When the bees put shoes on, I'll put shoes on. Literally. But um, but a lot of bees were um, going under um, hibernation a lot sooner, but also they were um, kicking out a lot of more of the males, which is something that they do actually Uh-oh. for survival of the species. It's actually a very normal thing mm-hmm. um, because they've basically already done, like, the mating process. So right. then they what know, does that mean for? Babies will come out, and they really have to make sure they protect the queen at all costs. And mm-hmm. because bees will do anything for their queen, mm-hmm. and they still need, basically, the, you know, to repopulate the bee species. That if it looks like, if the bees anticipate a harsh enough winter, then they'll kick out a lot of the males um, in order to build more reserve for the queen, but also the ways that they're storing um, a lot of um, the honey and bee stuff, you know, whatever it's called, like the wax and stuff, food, which is food to them, yeah. They're storing it in a way where it's mostly surrounded around the queen and they're um, being a lot closer together because of how cold it gets. They can't actually move as um fully through their calling because they'll start to freeze. So they have to, like, be very insulated together. Gotcha. And so that's where it's, like, we're having really weird mild mild weather now, but this is early, like, 
like over a month ago, maybe longer, I forget exactly timeline that, you know, they were doing this early. And, um, and so we're, you know, we're still expected, you know, and they've even been saying that we're expected at some point, um, when I've gotten into like people that are really into, um, the forecast weather stuff, even then get more in depth into it than the news do, like people that are really in that field and, you know, make their own content, share that stuff, that like there is expected to be this cold weather and a lot of things of I mean, climate is very unpredictable, you know? Right. And, and so I think that it's important for people to be prepared, like, um, you know, I, me and my uh, partner online were looking for me to get winter boots be just because to anticipate for if we really yeah. do get this cold of winter. I don't have winter boots. I don't have shoes during the winter because mine are too small enough because my feet are so wide. Oh, gotcha. Because I had this thing, because usually I'll have the same boots that I'll, you know, wear down to nothing. And I, the boots that I've had forever, I worn out last winter and I didn't buy new ones. And so, you know, so it's like, I definitely think it's important for people to be prepared and, to, and whatever that may be, even if you're in a place that's having unpredictably hot climate right now, being prepared for those hotter surfaces, please, please be safe with your feet. Do not burn your feet. You know, especially if you're somewhere that's getting, you know, insanely, you know, it's somewhere that's already pretty warm and mm-hmm. tropical, but maybe getting insanely higher temperatures this time of year. Right. Do, you know, if you have to protect your feet, protect your feet, you know, um, I definitely think it's important for people to be prepared and protect their bodies, but also, you know, shoes can be a real problems. So listen to your body however you need to. Exactly. Um, I think sometimes it can be hard because when we have, you know, this more enjoyable weather. Now, for me, as somebody that definitely prefers, my body prefers summer and, and like, late spring and early fall, like, I'm definitely seeing a difference in my body with this colder weather. Yeah. And I think that that is putting that need for preparation in the back of my head that may not be something that other people are thinking of. They're like, yeah, this weather's great. And it's like, and, um, yeah. And even like, uh, I've been, I, I, I like watching SNL. I really do. And so I was going through and like me and, um, and we're going to have a subscription to Peacock where we can watch it. We were going through and watch it. Okay. And there was a skit talking about how, you know, it's, no, it's not concerning at all that we're having this abnormally warm weather. I'm like, let's enjoy it. Like, you yeah. know, and, and there's I, nothing wrong here. I think I was watching that, like, last night, and, you know, and I think that's something, too, to really keep in mind, like, even when, when we're able to benefit from it, we do really need to take care of our earth and our climate, because there are a lot of people who are not benefiting from this at all, and will not benefit, and in the end, no one will benefit from it. Mm. You know, um, and that's not to scare people. Well, it's kind of messed up to you. Well, everyone's using environment wise and how even crops grow. Yeah, and this will affect, you know, everyone. And especially, and I think about it a lot as somebody who lives in the middle of Midwest. Midwest, I'm sorry. I've been thinking a lot about things going on in other places lately. Clearly. Um, But we're not going to get all of that right now. Yeah. Um, Where was I going with this? Um, As somebody who lives in the Midwest, um, I think a lot about, you know, crops and, um, corn, <laughs> corn, because we've got a lot of that, corn. beans, soybeans, um, yeah. no, but I do think a lot about that, um, I went to school in an area that was a rural area that, you know, I mean, yeah. pretty much the whole community was mostly crops and the right, school building, right. but everybody went to the same school. Mm-hmm. Um, an entire district and grades one through twelve in one building, you know. Yeah, and actually it was pre K through twelve. Oh, it was pre K through twelve. Yeah. Um, oh, and 
a lot of, uh, you know, and so there was, you know, it's me, I think about a lot, and especially this climate change stuff. And um, I really do think we need to pay attention, um, obviously, to a lot of things happening in big cities right now. Um, oh, and I just realized we were on the last six minutes of the show, mm-hmm. but um, I do think we also need to pay attention to what is going on in the Midwest and um, and in rural areas in the country in general, um, because, you know, a lot, there are a lot less and less local farmers. There are a lot of less um, surviving and thriving farm towns, and this is mm-hmm. going to um, affect us. And I think um, attention is our greatest asset as the collective. Um, and and believe me, there's so many more things I'd love to bring attention to here that, unfortunately, like, you know, there are certain things um, and limits with the yeah. type of show this is um, that we can't always bring attention to those things. But um, I do think that it, attention is our greatest asset as, as as the collective and bringing attention to things and be able to speak up things. And even with, you know, barefooting, that's why we're here is to bring up attention to these things. But I think it's important, like I said, beginning of the show, like barefooting is something that um, is tied into so many different factors of our life. And it's integral to every aspect of our lives as barefooters. And so we're thinking about the climate. And, you know, my great-grandfather, who grew up in West Virginia in a rural farm community, you know, they were all on their farms a lot of the time barefoot. There are a lot of yeah. people that may go on about how, like, uh, may think that barefooting and farms don't, you know, go together. Don't but, men, you know, together, but when I think about it, like, the stories he tell and the time period he came from, because he was born in the, um, 1932. Yeah, 1932. And so, you know, the time period and, you know, she was born a common thing, especially for poor people and how mm-hmm. farming and also farming wasn't something that only the rich could do during that time um, because people had the skills. Um, and um, and I think that's something that we need to see more and more, how farming is becoming something that is a corporal, corporation thing. Um, and, and farming is less and less and has been for a long time being something that an average person can do to sustain their family, sustain mm-hmm. their community, sustain their surrounding communities, and even sustain the country. It's becoming a rich man's game. It really is. And um, and people are we're left. looking at it just to buy a small farm in the area of like over a million thousand dollars. Yeah, dollars. Yeah, well, that was close. But yeah, no, and I think that it's dangerous how more and more disconnected mm-hmm. we are becoming from the earth, how more and more disconnected we are becoming from our bodies, how more and more um, scarce the skills yeah. of you know, tending the to the earth, cultivating the earth, and also doing it in a way that is in unity with it. Because well, making your... all we're doing is, okay, again, sorry. think about, and again, this is not me trying to be too political or anything, but, you know, think about what led to the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression, abusing of land, corporate greed. These are things that we just talked about round and around as factors in history. And, and in history class, I remember even hearing about how, you know, the corporate greed and the abuse of the land and hearing this in videos and documentaries is what led to the Dust Bowl. Well, the thing, same thing is going to only keep happening to itself. And honestly, I think it's very possible that there are other disasters that have happened um, that we haven't fully pinpointed or acknowledged as being because of the abuse of the land. And, um, 
And so I, you know, I think that it's dangerous how more and more it's becoming a, a rich man's game. So, you know, I know we have the one ground with the garden ad, which we didn't play today, but, you know, I think it's a great way for people to start, you know, having their own inside gardens or starting really small to start learning and connecting. Whether it's fruits and vegetables know. or if it's herbs or yeah, or, that are and you can, seasoning your food or medicinal, like, yeah, and you can even start I, with, I want to learn more about. Yeah, and you can even just start with plants, any plant. Um, that's something that I've been really wanting to get, you know, more and more into myself. And sometimes I beat myself up for not getting more into it. But, you know, I keep plants. And honestly, despite all my struggles with my health and mental and everything I've been going through and, you know, how bad I feel like I can be as a plant mom or whatever sometimes, I have all these plants that, man, they've pulled through for a very long time with me. Because you and, love them. Yeah, and I think that, like, you can start off small, but I think it's really important for us barefooters to keep deepening our connection um, with the earth, with the land, and understanding how to connect deeper to it. Um, And you can start out small, you know, Um, but I think it's important for us to develop those skills. And sometimes it is just learning through trial and error Mm -hmm. um, and trying to find, you know, inexpensive ways of doing that. you know, because it's not, I think it's something that we're not going to be able to learn over time, but I think if people can, you overnight, know. Overnight, you mean? what I say? You said over time. Oh, I meant overnight. It's something <laughs> that will happen over there time. There it is. There it is. Sorry, my brain. Just no, okay. yeah, you're good. You're no, good. It's, yeah, just like the. The benefits of barefooting may not be something, I mean, you may see some relief um, right away, but not something that you're going to see overnight either and so you know understanding yeah that everything is a process and keep you know deepening your relationship with your body and then its mechanics and understanding that all the dimensions of yourself and the earth and this physical dimension that we live in because we're so much more connected and if we don't take care of our planet and if we don't know how to interact with our planet I don't think you know it's really hard to fully understand our body um, we are on the last 60 seconds of the show. Sorry if today got a little all over the place, but it's what we do here, right, with uh, Phoenix yeah, and Audrey. how we roll. Um, but, yeah, uh, take care, guys. Keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. Remember, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in public space in the United States. So you can go to that restaurant, that store, that gas station, that theater, you know, live your life. Um, sometimes people suck and may want to confront you. But you know what? You're not doing anything legally or morally wrong. So keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. Know that you are doing something that is empowering you and it's something that is beneficial for you. And that's amazing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But unfortunately, some people have a lot of gross energy and will bring that into you, okay, into your environment. So tell them back off. Keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. and See you back next week, folks. Um, you can help when you can. Don't be a jerk. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.